welcome to episode 53 of Too Old for This Podcast, your safe space for grown-up talk about childish things. On tonight's episode, we have so much to catch up on. We're going to talk about King of Staten Island, The Five Bloods, Hamilton, MCU cast members, all kinds of Snyder Cup, Justice League, DC, rumors and scandals, so much going on behind the scenes. Let's get to it and start the show. That was a mouthful. Wasn't it, though? <laughs> How you doing, my brother? Well, it's been like a month and a week. Yeah, That's man. It's, it's, it's definitely... Uh, a mouthful is required to catch up on everything we need to catch up on. Yeah. How you been, my friend? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, not, not too much happening with me. I'm still... Still working, still COVID free. Uh, knock on wood. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, things are starting to open up in uh, good old Ontario, yep. and um, yeah, people are out there. People are getting back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, people no, reinfected. Yeah, reconnected. Um, <laughs> yeah, even on even yesterday, um, I've seen some friends who I haven't seen. Since it started, I uh, actually saw yeah. Greg, uh, who's been oh, a yeah. guest on our show. He uh, he was Funny. at my buddy's place for a barbecue. Um, yeah, so no, it's, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I can't. I can't complain. So, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so. uh, glad to hear, it, brother. Yeah, uh, what about you, man? I, you know, we're all good here too. Uh, yeah. You know, um, we have been um, spending a lot of time uh, in our backyard yeah. and. Um, you know, I don't know how much uh, reopening we've been doing. I guess, you know, we're seeing the family a lot more. Yeah. Uh, Lucas is playing with the other children in the family a lot more. Uh, you know, for a while it was just the next door neighbor and that was mm-hmm. it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like this is tougher on the kids than it is yeah, you know for what sure. I mean, on us. For sure. um, like, my girlfriend has a seven-year-old kid and... Let me tell you, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough on him because he yeah. misses that interaction with like other yeah. kids. And uh, yeah, when you're young, you need that interaction. Uh, well, as we get I older, a... we get more self isolated. Regardless, <laughs> yeah. Well, the damage <laughs> so... is already done. With, the damage is already done with us. Is the yeah. is, is the point, right? Like my my two year old is at like uh, like the most like crucial stage of his psychological development in yeah. life right now. Yeah, yeah. So the idea that he's going to be socially isolated, you know. Uh, for a super extended period of time is like really kind of scary uh, to me. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's good that, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's getting a lot of, uh, playtime with his, with his, uh, cousins that are close to his age right now. Yeah, good, good. Um, but you know, we're good. And actually he just went, uh, for a procedure. Uh, so he had to be isolated again for, for two weeks because, oh, really? okay. yeah. And he had to get COVID tested and he was COVID free, but he had to go for, uh, to get tubes in his ears because he's got a, an issue with, uh, with, with uh, uh, fluid, uh, getting trapped in his oh, ear. Okay. Right, and right. so this helps, this helps it drain. Um, but he's all good. It's, it's a, it's a very, uh, a very common thing. Yeah, uh, okay. it's a 10 minute in and out of the hospital, uh, outpatient deal and he's fine. Yeah, he's nice. really happy. He's good. really happy and things are good. Yeah, good um, 
you know, I, I, we hear a lot of bad news uh, about what's going on south of the border. I mean, mm-hmm. here in Ontario, where we live, uh, you know, the COVID curve is not is not crushed, but it is it is definitely uh, going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And like like a lot of the world, we um, are feeling a lot safer. Not safe yet, yeah. obviously, but yeah. a lot safer than before. It is sad to hear what's going on south of the border. Uh, our our direct neighbors to the south, especially in Florida, having so many <clears throat> recurring, recurring uh, explosions of COVID yeah. and rec- record numbers of COVID going on down there right now. And this brings us to our first topic on the show that I want to talk about tonight, Kev. Yeah. Uh, if I may move on to the show, because since we have so many topics to cover tonight, um, you know, for for those of you listening, uh, we are going to talk about King of Staten Island, Defy Bloods, Hamilton, uh, rumors that Beyonce is coming to the MCU. And so much stuff about a DC. Michael Keaton, uh, Ray Fisher attacking yeah. Joss Whedon. Uh, Joss Whedon accused of whitewashing uh, Justice League in his cut. We're going to talk about David Ayer and his push for releasing his original cut of Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. What he has to say about that. Um, uh, I want to talk about Justice League Dark Apocalypse War because I watched that recently. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and how that's going to kind of relate to Snyder Cut a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, David Lindel- David. Damon Lindelof Mm. uh, recently did an interview where he talked about Watchmen again. Um, But let's get to the first topic. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually institute a new rule tonight. A new uh, rule. uh, Way of doing things. (laughs) Because we have so many topics we want to cover. Yeah, we have so much to talk about. And and we tend to go on. I tend to go on. At least you don't. uh, (laughs) But I do uh, tend to go on too long. So I'm I'm going to implement a new rule of myself tonight. I'm, it's it's ten minute topics. Yeah. Ten minute topics is 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 the 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 format of the discussion tonight. So I'm going to set my timer right now uh, for ten minutes, and uh, I'm going to press start. And if we're not done talking about our first topic by the mm-hmm. time the timer goes on, you know what? I'm, it might take me ten minutes to set the timer because <laughs> anyway, ten minute topics. Here we go. I'm ready to press start. Are you ready? We need a sound effect for this. You're totally right. <laughs> you should play something. Like um, All I have close enough is... That's perfect. Ten minute Ten. topics. Twelve for this podcast. Ten minute topics. <laughs> First topic. Will movie theaters reopen mm-hmm. in 2020? Go. And that's a hard yes. Um, movies are already slated to come out in August. Uh, Tenant being one of them. I believe it was August 21st. Don't quote me on that, if I remember correctly. Um, and they're implementing new rules. They're going to be cleaning the theaters. They're going to be half this. Basically, what we're going to see before, uh, just when COVID was starting, when we're seeing like half the theater um they're gonna have like you know spaces between every other seat so there's gonna be like two and then two empty two people then two empty so um yes uh i believe theaters will be opening back up uh as soon as august go ahead (laughs) you 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 disagree right let me tell you why okay go for it because they're, in my, they're, they're in, already in my, in my opinion, they're already know. talking about it on on. I know on, that on websites I, I, and I, I, I know. yeah, I know. Look, I know there are plans to reopen, and I know that it, that there's schedule that there's a schedule to reopen. Yeah. But Tenet has now been rescheduled twice. Okay, mm-hmm. and Tenet is really the 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 one that you've got to pay attention to because Tenet was um, 
uh, it was scheduled to be the first major release, and and they have been very sticky. The director, I'm sorry, why am I blanking on one of the most famous directors in Hollywood's name right now? The director of Tenet, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan was intent on being the blockbuster that opened the summer movie season. He yeah. did not want to move that date. He eventually got forced to move it to late in July. August 12th is, the and date. now it's bumped for the second time yeah. to August 12th, and yeah. it's going to keep getting bumped. If there's reason to keep bumping it, and Kev, we just said it, the the COVID is exploding in the U.S. and 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 state after state after state that has reopened is now reversing their plans and shutting back down. And I'm telling you, the reason I believe, and I'm mm-hmm. sorry, you may be you may be right. Of course, I don't know this for sure. Of course, yeah. this is just opinion. Um, but the reason I believe that. Uh, movie theaters will not open, and, and uh, I'm not going to say definitely not in 2020, but I'm going to say definitely not before the Christmas movie season, okay. because because um, there will not be a partial opening, mm-hmm. because a, a partial opening will still mean economic devastation, and if your in if your movie is is you know in a full market would be like one of the most successful movies of all time, you are not going to risk releasing it in a partial market. You are going to hold on to it and you're going to wait until there's a vaccine. And the vaccine, we know the earliest predictions for a vaccine are January 2021. So I think there's a very good chance, and I'm not the first person to say this, you know, John Campy has said it, I know a few people have said it, um... I believe there's a super good chance that we that everything gets pushed back to 2021. Just just by what I'm seeing on CNN, by what's happening in the U.S. right now, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like there's any hope of it getting better until there's a vaccine, Kev. Like I, I feel like it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And I feel like these things, like more and more stuff, is going to get canceled. And I, I, and and more importantly, here in Canada, even though everything seems like it's like it's so much better, and and we're good, like. Our movie theaters aren't going to open if Americas don't, right? Like they're not going to release a, they're not going to release Tenet in Canada and not the U.S. Like that's not going to happen, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I, I really, you know, I, I hope you're right. You know, I hope everything turns around, mm-hmm. and I hope everything, I hope movie theaters can open in time. You know, um, you know, I have a very good friend, and I won't say his name, um, but uh. Who's like, you know, it's been too long since we got together. When is Tenet coming out? Uh, let me come. Like he lives out of town. He's like, let me come to town and we'll go see Tenet. And, is, and I was like, you know, it was supposed to be July 19th, but I fucking doubt it. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, yeah, that seems a little. Un-. And then I'm like, oh, I guess maybe July 30th. And we're like, yeah, we'll see. And now we're like, well, maybe August. But I'm like, no fucking way. Not August. No way. It's, um, you know, maybe November. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I but I, I really doubt it. I really doubt it. I, that's just my my gut just based on what I'm seeing with the explosion of COVID in the U.S. right now. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to see like studios open in the rest of the world and not the u.s right and if you and if states are shutting back down then you know the whole thing is not going to open so Mm -hmm. that's just my opinion i could be wrong you could be right and uh and i hope you're right i don't want to be the downer and i don't want the negative version of the future to take place but um (laughs) that's my gut's telling me that's what's happening uh it's going to be like the yeah. long night. Like, like maybe 2020 is a total blackout. Like, not yeah. total blackout because there was a couple months at the beginning of the year. But um, the, the, maybe the, the remainder the of 2020. I get what you're saying. Maybe the rest of it. Yeah. Anyway, 
we're five minutes into the topic of uh, <laughs> will films, will movies theaters reopen in 2020? Mm-hmm. And I think I think maybe we've covered it. Kev Kev has hope. Kev is positive. Kev believes. Um, I, I would like to see it. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I would like to see it too. But yeah, um, that's one of the things that came up uh, yesterday. Actually, uh, when I was hanging out with my friends, yeah, is missing the uh, the movie experience. The you know, you know what I've been I've been thinking about a lot, man. I'm going to mm-hmm. go to the drive. I'm going to go to the drive-in very soon. Yeah, okay. because drive-in theaters are open, and if you they if are. you if you're lucky enough to live close to one, yeah, um, you know, you, they're old movies, but it's still it's still a cool it's, experience, right? Yes, absolutely. And and we're in the dog days of summer right now. It's mm-hmm. the best time to go. I I bet you it's really difficult to get in right now. I uh, I haven't really. Well, yeah, you, have to, you have to book um, in advance. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely going to be doing that very soon. I just bought a car. I didn't mention that, but uh, okay. you know, I bought a car. It's not a new car. It's mm-hmm. new to me, but it's a, it's the nicest car I've ever owned. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'm like enjoying spending time in my car. Like it's not. It's a new thing for me. I, yeah. Like I, I don't usually do like enjoy that, but right now I'm really enjoying that and okay. uh, looking forward to going to the drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, no, I, I, I do love the driving experience. Uh, one of the reasons why I haven't really attempted to go to the drive-in uh, since they started opening up is exactly what you're saying is because they're just showing older movies. Um, yeah. When I go, I'd like to see something I haven't seen, at least yeah, sure. one out of the two. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, But yeah, no, uh, I hear you. Yeah, no, um, drive-in is definitely definitely an option right now. The drive-in by me, the the lineup last weekend. I was thinking about going last weekend, didn't happen. But the lineup was, and it's a perfect, it's a family, it's a family themed thing, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, because everybody's kids are going crazy. But it's perfect mm-hmm. for me with my two year old. Um, it was uh, the Flintstones live action movie. Okay. And then Jurassic Park was the main uh, event. The original. And and then yes, and then at one a.m. If you know, for the grown-ups who stick around that late. Animal House. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Now that's a fun <laughs> night. That's a yeah. fun night at, at the drive-in, yeah, right? Yeah, no, yeah, it is. Um, so, so yeah, so I'm probably going to do that soon. You know, the drive-in is our salvation, and yeah, my my new car is making me want to go a little more. But it's you know we're having such a beautiful summer right now. It's the perfect time for the drive-in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, thank God for that at least. And and you know, I really have a feeling we're not going to see movie theaters open. Yeah. worldwide until 2021 but i'm gonna say at least like november december yeah okay. <clears throat> just my feeling but yeah. anyway let's let's move on to topic number two mm-hmm. for today let's close out the 2020 movie theater prediction with a little boom done, boom done! thank you and let's move on to uh, a couple things that we saw uh, mm-hmm. in the last few weeks. Uh, first of all, what I want to talk about is um, something that I really, really, really loved, which was King of Staten Island, mm-hmm. Kev. And uh, maybe I'll let you talk about it first. I know that your reaction to it wasn't as as strong as mine. Yeah, well, it's funny because I, I love Pete Davidson. Like yep. He's like my favorite part of uh, – well, actually, let me rephrase that because he's not really on – he is, but he's he's not as I don't know. Uh, he had that little whole like mishap where um, he dated Ariana Grande, and then I don't know. I guess he fell into a slump after they broke up, and I don't know. He I guess he was hitting the drugs a little hard and whatever, right? So he was uh-huh. kind of he wasn't really on the show as much as he some public as some he public was. messed up. Yeah, this yeah yeah. yeah. 
But uh, before that, like he he was like one of these uh, these 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 uh, not ready for prime time players, as they used to call him back in the day. Yeah, that really stood out to me, and and I always thought he was as like his his delivery is just so so I don't know. It's like straight face, and he always he always got a laugh from me when he was on the screen. So, anyways, uh, flash forward to King of Staten Island, and uh, I guess I wasn't really expecting the same sort of um, comedy that he has on the show because this movie essentially was about his life. So um, it was loosely based on his life anyways. But um, no, I, I don't know. I, I just wasn't into this movie as much as, as you were. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I, did, I did like it. Okay, but what did you but dislike something about it? Was there something that you were like? I yuck? just felt it dragged. Like I don't know. It's okay. So you weren't you weren't you weren't swept up in the emotional family story so much. You felt like it got it got slow. And no, boring. there was there was parts I was really into, but there was just parts where I was just like, you know, looking at my watch or you know, looking at my phone, <laughs> checking the time. You know, you like I don't know. Okay. It was like I said, I liked it. I loved Judd Apatow. Um, yeah, I. His movies, uh, I've been a fan of his movies since, actually, I've been a fan of Judd Aptow since Freaks and Geeks. Uh, that was my introduction to him. Um, and then, of course, he started pump, pumping out movies with, like, Seth Rogen. Um, like, even Funny People was a good film. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, I just thought this movie wasn't, I, I, I think my expectations were too high for it. I think that's what it was. And I, I was expecting to, like, just laugh throughout the entire thing. Like there's some solid performances. Like Bill Burr was on point. Like he was great as the like uh, I don't want to call him the stepdad, but the the kind of kind of. But he was like the guy that was like banging his mom. Yeah, <laughs> right? um, yeah. not really a stepdad, but I, don't know, I thought he was great in the film. Um, and I don't know. I just I I guess I was a little disappointed with Pete's. Uh, I guess not completely disappointed. Just like oh, okay. just some of it. Yeah. You didn't find it as hilarious as you were hoping, I guess. Yeah, I was expecting like you know, like usually they have like the funny roommates or friends, and I yeah, didn't you didn't you didn't them. think his friends were funny? I thought his friends were funny. In this they movie. had their moments, but they weren't like roll on the floor funny. There wasn't like okay. like with the was... kid when they when they gave the kid the tattoo and the and the dude's like, oh my god, I had such such high hopes for this kid. Yeah, that was your... that was funny, <laughs> but at the same time, I was thinking, what idiot's gonna tattoo a kid like? <laughs> You know I, mean? I, like, I felt like that's a real story. Like, I don't know. I want to look yeah, it up. Yeah. I but, don't know. I felt like that was like, I, at the whole time that was happening, I was just like, who the fuck would tattoo a fucking kid? He's like, what? I thought he looked at least 50. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was the, like one of the best lines in the movie. Yeah. Bill Burr. He's 12. You fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it was, so, yeah, Bill, no, Bill Burr's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really good. But yeah, no, there's moments that I like, but yeah, I just found it just kind of dragged out. A little. It was. Okay. It was. I think it was a half hour longer than it should have been. Okay. So you. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. Um, go for it. Uh, let me. Uh, <laughs> I, I know I, you I, loved it, so go for it. <laughs> no, I wanted to ask you. Like you're a Jed Apatow fan, like me, of course, and yeah. like ever since Freaks or Geeks, like me, of course. Yeah. Um. So do you agree, like me, or did you have a different experience with him over the course of his career that he started to get less and less funny and more and more yeah, and more, more and more serious? Yeah, like so like 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 funny people like to me was like fucking unwatchable yeah and i was i was like i can't believe this cast and this director and this writer just made a movie that i can't fucking sit through <laughs> Actually, I, I know, i'll be honest like i i 
I didn't walk out of funny people loving it, but I didn't, I didn't walk, walk out. out hating it. Yeah, I did. I was. Right? I, I I thought it was a different direction, most definitely, because it was yeah. like depressing. Because the guy had fucking cancer, if I remember correctly, and you know what I mean. Like it just bored me. It's just mm-hmm. like 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 what you just said about about this movie. Like funny people just bored me to death, and I. Yeah, and I felt like Jed Apatow had lost his groove, and it it took this movie to make me feel like Jed Apatow might have his groove back. Right. Um. So I, yeah, I, I guess I loved it a lot more than than you did. But um, but, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to stop you before you finish your your review, and we're almost at the five minute point. So yeah, okay. I want you to have at least your half time. So yeah, uh, no, it's, I'm I'm pretty much done. Um, okay. Do, are we going to wait to give our, our rating? No, no. give your rating, and then I'll go. Uh, for me, this one, I don't know. I, I don't think I'll, I'll ever watch it again, I'll be honest. Okay. Um, his movies, I find, I, I do revisit, uh, especially the Seth Rogen ones. Like, I'm a huge fan of Seth Rogen. Um, yeah. Uh, Why didn't he have a cameo in this? That's a good question. Yeah, I, right? He should have. <laughs> But um yeah for this one uh I, I think I'm going to go like 6 6.5. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that's low for you dude. Like like that's is. like that's like as low as you go. So you didn't like this at all. No, no, my, I, to I, me. I no to me the to me no, it's above average. So okay. I did like it. I didn't love it. That's that's, okay. that's 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 where I am with it. I was I had high expectations for this film and I was expecting to love it, but I just okay. didn't love it the way I thought it was going to. Okay. Well, oh, let let me go then. Uh, yeah. So I did not expect to love it because I am on, I had been on this Judd Apatow downer note for like years now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, I do love Pete Davidson. I think that his stand up comedy, especially you know, oh, more yeah. so more yeah. so than his Saturday Night Live stuff, Pete Davidson's stand up comedy is uniquely hilarious. He's like he's a character that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. He's a really he's a really compelling personal story. His father died in nine eleven, uh, very similar to the story of his character in this film um and i've heard i've seen reviewers refer to this film as pete davidson's eight mile and i think that is the perfect perfect comparison yeah Uh, because much much like eight mile romanticizes the real life story of eminem's uh rise uh you know or, or or coming coming of age you know coming to manhood kind of era this is kind of like pete davis's version of that because um the character is very similar to his like you said uh his character um in this film uh instead of his father dying in 9-11 he just died in a big fire mm-hmm. um and he was a firefighter the same way um and instead of him aspiring to be a stand-up comedian uh in the film he aspires to be a tattoo artist it's actually a much more simple aspiration and goal so it's a more mm-hmm. to me it's a, it's a choice to make a more grounded movie like a more set in reality real feeling movie and i love this movie because it does feel so real from the opening scene where we get uh, it's a it's a hard it's our cold opening i don't know the proper <laughs> term for it but uh where it's just pete davidson alone driving in his car and he has like a little incident probably caused by all the medication that he's on mm-hmm. um from his for you know for for dealing with his mental illness um you know he uh almost he causes a car accident and then he just keeps driving and he just yeah. he just you know he doesn't know what to do he says sorry and he keeps driving uh, um he, because, because like the, the 
this is like a perfect like introduction to the character you're watching. He's not a hero. He's not a perfect. He's not like uh, very confident or you know very adept or very in control of his world in any way. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of like the essence of Pete Davidson, I think, uh, and and kind of what is lovable about him. Um, uh, what can I say about this movie except that I I love the story. It's mm-hmm. like a it's a it's a it's a heartwarming family uh, story that is it's very much based in his real life. Uh, you know, Marissa Tomei plays his mom, and we've seen his mom a couple times in real life. She's appeared with him, especially on Saturday Night Live when they're doing the From Home episodes. Uh, his mom has appeared, and his home life has appeared like a lot. Mm-hmm. The, and and you can see it in this movie. It's like this movie is like based on his real home life. Um, uh, Maude Apatow, who's Judd Apatow's daughter, uh, fantastic as Pete Davidson's little sister. I completely believed her. She had some really tough dialogue. She had some really um, kind of uh, nuanced kind of stuff to portray. Her relationship with her brother was very complex, mm-hmm. and her relationship with her with her mother also very complex. And I feel like she played this role very well. This this character really reminded me of people who I know personally in my life. Um, uh, who are who are younger and 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 you know um, a little very fun sp- fact? Did you know that she had to uh, actually try out for that role? Yeah, I did see that story, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna call BS on that story. Like I hate that, but I think that's just like to for her to stay face in public. I think it's just like everybody be nice to her because we made her do this thing. I, I like uh, she was great at it. I, she didn't. I'm not gonna say she didn't deserve the role. Mm-hmm. She was great in the role. So I, you know, I'm glad she got it, and yeah. I don't want to I don't want to shit on that story. That's a cute story. Um, Marissa Tomei. I heard people comparing this role to her role as Aunt May, but it's like nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she this is like this is just uh like a feels like a role that she knows it feels like like this character is a person that she like would have grown up with herself and was very familiar and comfortable in this role i only have 20 seconds left on the timer um but i had so much more to say i want to say the story of this i don't want to give it away but it has this this beautiful um um kind of uh uh technique that they use this device that they use to resolve the the conflict between the characters of pete davidson mm-hmm. and bill burr that i just thought was lovely and warm and so well done and so smart and i loved it and that's my 10 minutes up oh good <laughs> there's my timer yeah so uh boom boom done on 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 think <laughs> of staten island 10 out of 10 for me i'm sorry I, wow. I i really do disagree with you on this one yeah, Kev. like that's fair, that's i i fair. will rewatch this movie i do love this movie as much as i love uh knocked up yeah okay um and I'm going. Up, and you know what? The timer's up, so I can't go on anymore. No, but it's all good, man. Uh, it's all good. It's your my, it's your my highest up. recommendation for okay. for um, Pete Davidson's um, King of Staten Island. Yeah, anyway, like I said, um, I I still think Forty Year Old Virgin and like Knocked Up were like the creme. De I love those movies. I love for, those movies for Judd Apatow. And I don't know. I just feel like this one didn't live up to those ones right but that's, well, I, that's my I, I think he's right back there I, I put the I put this right on the shelf next to knocked up anyway. alright fair enough man we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that <laughs> and we will move it. on to our next topic which was something that I did not like yep the <laughs> nearly as much bloods. yep Spike Lee's newest outing Defy Bloods now Kev, I was kind of I amped for this um, yeah. I, I missed the whole White Klansman hype 
okay, uh, Train. That, was, that you know? was an excellent movie. I, I'm a Spike Lee fan from back in the day, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, I'm a Spike Lee fan from Do the Right Thing, from uh, American History X, from... Um, uh, Not uh, American History X, Malcolm X. Malcolm X, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I I I love me some Spike Lee. Um, mm-hmm. So and and I did miss out on the whole on his like kind of return to like uh, being like on the tip of everyone's tongue in in the modern era yeah. with Black, with Black Klansman. Um, yeah. And and I had seen other people review this movie before I went before I saw it, mm-hmm. and um, and I had seen people say that it was you know just as good as Black Klansman and similar to Black Klansman. Mm. Um. And I don't know about all that, no. but I know this was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, right. And I felt like Spike Lee couldn't have directed and written or co-written this film. I felt like this is what I thought, Kevin. This is my opinion of The Five Bloods. Okay. Um, this movie was originally made by a first-time director for an ABC movie of the week. <laughs> And somehow, some way, Spike Lee ended up in a poker game with that guy, mm-hmm. in which in which Spike Lee lost so badly that he had to agree to release this movie with his name on it as the writer and director. Because I do not believe that Spike Lee put out a movie. This, it, like I, I've never seen a movie so bad in my life. It had Spike I, Lee all over it, though, dude. Like the cinematography. No, it did. It did have. It did um, have Spike, it had, Spike Lee tricks. Yeah, 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 it had those Spike yeah. Lee moments. Um, it had his signature touches. And, but I swear, I swear to God, he directed it over the phone. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do that. Do that. Do that editing thing that I like with the, <laughs> you know, change the film uh, ratio, change the the stock from, you know, I, I." Fuck, man! I don't believe he even read this script. I really don't, because it's like it's a joke how bad it is. It's it's bad. Am I wrong? Like, I, 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 okay, Kev, I want to tell you, I was afraid to say this at first, right? Yeah. I was, I, you know, I, I, call, I texted a movie reviewer friend of mine, and I was like, should I just not talk about the Five Bloods because I, I, I really hate it. But, you know, like, I'm so, like, pro-Black Lives Matter, and I don't want to be in this moment the one guy bashing Spike Lee's movie that has such a strong pro-Black message. Well, that's the funny (laughs) thing about this movie is the parts that that you really hated, I also hated. Right? Like, the the fact that... Okay, and we should remind our audience, first of all, Mm -hmm. Kevin is black. (laughs) <laughs> yes a little a little friendly reminder um but yeah no um the, his okay so i'm sorry, all about spike I'm sorry lee. that was ridiculous what i just did yeah, it's all good it's all good um i'm all about spike lee i, I love me some spike um i actually met spike back in the day but that's another story oh my god really yeah awesome. briefly but anyways awesome. um so black Klansman loved it that was a yeah. movie. I went and watched it. Absolutely loved it. It, it left an impact on me. I, I shed a tear while I was watching it. It was fucking brilliant. This movie, high expectations. It didn't exceed it. It didn't, uh, it didn't meet my expectations, but it didn't necessarily kill my expectations, you know, if you get what I'm saying. Okay. Um, I didn't hate this movie as much as you did, okay. but there's parts of this movie that I didn't like. And the pro black message underneath of all of this 
I wasn't feeling either because this movie had nothing to do with Black Lives what Matter. What was it? What right? was it? You know what I mean? Like it had absolutely nothing. And all of a sudden he just threw all this in imagery at the end, which just happened to like coincide with what's going on in the world today. Right. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Think, I think, okay, there was a pro-black message in that. The, there was a message that, that blacks, black people got screwed in Vietnam. For no, sure, yes, right? yes, I agree. For yes, sure. Okay. That, that was and a huge yeah. message in there. Yes. And yeah, okay, repeat like, that yes, forever, blacks, please. Blacks yes. were definitely um, um, in the Vietnam War. Um, right. They were treated like shit. Obviously, they were right. like probably frontline soldiers. Um, but yeah, no, that's not the part that I'm talking about. I'm talking about at the end um, when they when they started to preach like the the, the Black Lives Matter stuff. But to yeah. me, it didn't feel like it, it it reflected the movie I just watched. Right. Right. You know what okay. I'm saying? It, so, it was it was a hard connection. Yes. It, it was like. It was like it was. It was hard to say this connects to that just because these mm. people are black and these people are black too. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I actually, you know what, the Black Lives Matter scene was like my favorite part of the movie. I That's think right. it was. I was like, uh, you know, these are probably like real people, like real, like this is probably like a yeah, real, real footage and stuff like that, like sure. chapter yeah. chapter of the organization, and and it's great for them, and I'm mm. happy for it. Um, but it's just uh, like I said, it didn't uh, reflect the movie I just watched. That's yeah. what, that's all. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Okay, um, I, I agree. Go yeah. ahead. But yeah, no, like the the basically the 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 we didn't really give a consensus of the movie or a uh, synopsis of the movie, but um, it's it's Go ahead if you want. Yeah, it's it's for <laughs> um, now like close to I guess they were like past middle age. They were like sixties. They gotta be like seventy. Yeah, they're 60, they're 70s. Vietnam vets. Yeah, they're What's vets. the average age of Egypt? I'm gonna Google yeah. this right now. Yeah, they're, the they're vets, whatever, right? Anyways, they they found gold in Vietnam and they buried it with the intent to go back and get it. So anyway, so flash forward, um, and that's the other thing that I that I was that was kind of confusing was sixty eight. Yeah, okay. So it's the their, average age. their dead friend, their per, their friend who they buried there, uh, he got killed after he got buried by the mudslide, but he died. Yeah, he yeah, kept there. on coming when they did flashbacks. Instead of hiring younger actors to portray the five bloods or the other four bloods, it was them the way they are now in a flashback with their younger friend. Like that part, I was like, okay, hell, thank you for bringing this up because it is so confusing. (laughs) That part was a little like, what the fuck? Okay, Kevin, I this is so fucking confusing to me because look, did you notice that the way the scenes were shot? They didn't have. I'm sorry. Then I gotta. I gotta find the name of the actor who played the dead friend. Um, oh, it's um, uh, the guy that played Black Panther. Um, yeah, it's Chadwick, Black Panther. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Okay. Yeah. He didn't appear in the shot with the other guys. Like there was some special effects thing that they were doing on the other guys where where he couldn't be like in the in the shot with them it was, it was yeah it was ob- it was obviously cut together yeah, okay. like he like they weren't there so i was thinking why did they do that and i thought well maybe it's because they did de-aging technology on the rest of the cast to, to try to make him look like he was the same age as that guy yeah. but i but you're right they didn't look younger yeah but I think they did look different i think kevin i think they tried to de-age them but they but it was shitty yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't see any de aging process in there. It's like to me, it just it it just 
it was weird. Okay, I don't know. It's so <laughs> fucking. And this is part of the why the movie is so bad. It's mm. so confusing when they go back to the Vietnam yeah. scenes and like Delroy Lindo. Delroy Lindo definitely looks like he's exactly the same age in mm-hmm. the. Maybe he's got a little less white in his hair and his beard, but yeah, like to me, they it was like so confusing to me that were in the Vietnam War. Like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. That's, <laughs> that's one of the parts of the film. I was just like, is he doing this to make a statement? Like. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Like, is there an under meaning to this? Yeah. But anyways, um, but so yeah, we got no, two, I, we got we got two minutes left for Defy Blood. So, okay. <laughs> so my bottom wrap. line is, I didn't hate it as much as you. <laughs> I I probably liked it a little bit more than you did, but it still was not um, a fantastic Spike Lee movie to me. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Rating? Do you have a rating? Uh, I I'm. I'm gonna put this probably around the same as King of Staten Island. To be honest, you're I'll gonna put it, it that like, okay. yeah, like a six. You're hurting me. That hurts me. That hurts. Yeah. That hurts. But okay, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I will get over it. I will get over it. Yeah, okay. like I said, it's above average to me, but I didn't love it. And I even okay. said that to you. I'm like, when, uh, when I'm like, yeah, I'm watching Five Bloods, and I said, and if I'm correct, my quote was, "It's very Spike Lee." <laughs> right, I I, I feel like a Spike Lee imitator. Okay, I yeah. have a minute thirty, so yeah, so le, so let me spit. Um, I defy Bloods currently on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, mm. the tomatometer reads for from critics ninety two percent. Okay, and from the audience. 54%. Okay. Yeah. So this movie is absolute and final proof that the tomatometer critic score is complete bullshit because the audience is absolutely dead on correct about this film. Mm-hmm. This film, from the start to the finish, the script makes no fucking sense. Human beings don't act like this unless they're in a comedy sketch about Vietnam vets from the 70s, okay? this the, Like, real human beings do not talk like this anymore. Maybe they did 20 years ago. This script feels so dated. Yeah. This script feels... They, they talk about Rambo movies. They complain about Rambo movies and how unrealistic they are. Mm-hmm. Like, people today don't fucking remember Rambo movies. Like, the script is so dated. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. And Remember, Rambo movie came out last year, so... Okay, okay, but... Just saying. They were talking about the original ones, no, the no, guy I who guess. came back from Vietnam, yeah. and the Vietnam vet story. They were like, they never tell the real stories of, you know, Vietnam vets or whatever. I have 18 seconds left. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, there's this scene where, they fi- where they're finding the gold, and they're trying to... And they're all on this mountainside together, and the one guy with the Geiger counter keeps saying, I'm finding it all over the mountain, all over the mountain! Yeah. And, he, and he doesn't move in a 10-foot radius. Yeah. Timer's going off. It's all good. Just finish, finish your point. <laughs> um, it, it's garbage. I'm sorry. It's garbage. Um, I love Spike Lee, and and I love. I just um, didn't understand why they didn't bury it all in one place, and it was all over the mountain. Um, they didn't bury it. No, it was buried by a mudslide. That was the oh, thing. Is that what it was? I yeah. After the that. battle, after the battle, there was a mudslide. It buried their friend, and it buried the gold. Mm. So they needed they needed the Geiger counter to find the gold. They, they, oh, it was so bad. I, I I could go on and on and on. Mm. People are saying that Delroy Lindo deserves an Oscar for this. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm. Fucking kidding me. His like his his role made no sense. His character made no sense for one second. Yeah, he gave a dramatic performance of gobbledygook of mm. of nonsense. It was it was okay. It was nonsensical. Anyway, um, 
my rating for the five bloods is not even a five. Okay. It's a four out of 10. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't recommend you waste a moment on it. Go watch one of Spike Lee's better films. Black. Uh, sure. Black Clansman. Yes. <laughs> um, do the right thing. If you have not seen, yeah, do the right thing. There you go. Or, or Malcolm. Uh, uh, school days. School days. Get on a film too. Yeah. School days is fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, Anyway, what is the next topic of the day, Kev? Do you want to pick the next topic of the day, or um, do you want me to pick it? You pick it, because I don't have your uh, okay. I Okay, where's my list? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were going to talk about Beyonce. You know what? Okay, Kev, you know what I watched today? Yeah. I watched The Goddess today. The Goddess. What is The Goddess? You know who The Goddess is, Kevin. Is this the uh, this new... Beyonce. The goddess, the goddess whom we worship on on too old for this podcast, the goddess Moana. Oh, that that goddess. <laughs> That's right. My son and I this afternoon we revisited Moana, mm-hmm. and Moana is a movie that I watch many many times, but I rarely watch the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's 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 go with that because <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, go ahead. Keep talking. I love this. I just want to listen to it. Um, look, the ending of this movie makes me cry. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, I've, I have never seen, I have, I don't think I can think of a, of a hero moment that's more perfect than the, than the ending of Moana. Every theme that takes place in this movie, in almost every line of this dialogue of this entire film, comes to complete perfect closure in the finale of this movie. Mm. Uh, Maui is has lost his magic fish hook and he is fighting Taka and he is ready to die. He's like he's taken this complete character arc and and he comes from this from this selfish person who caused all the problems in the first place and doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself to sacrificing his life for Moana and Moana just realizes everything that every everyone has been trying to tell her through the whole movie mm-hmm. and she just she just fucking holds up the fucking heart of the ocean and she just says to the ocean let her come to me and boom the fucking ocean opens up and 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 you know the movie's over you know the hero is here this is the hero moment that i wish for in game of thrones that mm-hmm. i wish i wish that john snow or daenerys or anybody just had a fucking powerful hero moment like this and i you rarely ever see it you see rise of skywalker tried it with ray in in that moment with you know i am all the jedi and i swear like the execution was so poor nobody pulls it off the way it was pulled off in Moana, and when she starts walking towards Taka, and he's going, and she's going after him, and then the fucking Moana theme fucking kicks in. It is so powerful. It feels like it feels like Christopher Reeve's Superman and that great John Williams score kicking in. It is a great fucking movie, and yes, 
Yes. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> I like how you like stand still when the music is. <laughs> I'm expecting you to talk over it, but you're just kind of like listening to it. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> Um, so this leads me to our next topic, yeah. which is, of course, Hamilton on okay. Netflix. <laughs> uh, not Netflix. Sorry, on Disney+. Plus. On Disney+. Plus, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> which, which... I have yet to watch Hamilton. Um, promised the, uh, the girl that I would watch it with her. So, okay. Anyways... So since you have not watched it yet, and yeah. I, I did not finish watching it, okay? I yeah. have only watched the first hour, and it is two hours long. Yeah, okay. So... We are not going to uh, do our full review of Hamilton. Maybe we'll do a full review of Hamilton at some later time. Yeah, let's do it for our next recording. But I'll have it watched by then. Right. But, man, I did watch some of it. And, um, yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, I'm not a musical guy. I, I, I don't love musicals. You know, mm-hmm. I... I enjoyed a few when I was younger. I think I had the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack, but I am, you know, musical theater is not my uh, first love by any means. And it's, I did not, exp- it's I did not, me. yeah, I it love, is. I love okay. theater. I love music. So tell me, tell me what, like what, what musicals really like turned you on to the genre? Uh, into the genre? Yeah. Um, like what? Like what do you love? What do you love? What musicals do you love? Uh, Singing in the Rain, I think, is what turned me into a musical fan. Um, that West Side Story. Um, I I I grew up watching Marx Brothers, and Marx Brothers generally they're they're comedies, but they have musical numbers. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I I am a fan of musicals. I'm a fan of of Broadway shows. Um, I've seen cool. many, many, uh, in my, in my lifetime. So, cool. um, I was actually, I actually had tickets to go see, um, uh, come, come, was it come far with me? The one where, uh, yeah. 9-11 where they crash into, um, uh, where they okay. land in Newfoundland. I actually right. had tickets to go see that. And then COVID happened and right. literally like a week, um, the first week of COVID was when I was supposed to go see it. So when they were like talking yeah. about, um, they're like maybe going to start shutting things down. I had tickets that weekend to go see it and they wow. canceled all the shows. Uh, I was pissed, but anyways, um, uh, but you know, better safe than sorry. Um, True. yeah, but anyways, no, I, Hopefully I, you'll get to see it. yeah, yeah. Uh, well I did put in the request to see it when they start, uh, doing shows again. Uh, they, they yet to, um, send me an email for that confirmation, obviously, cause okay. they probably don't know when it's going to happen, but so. I am a fan. I'm a fan of. Let of me run music. you through the a quick list to see what you've seen. Just, Have you seen? Just before Family you Opera. say that, before you say right. that, but uh, I actually looked at buying tickets for Hamilton because it's coming to Toronto, or it was coming to Toronto, but the okay. ticket prices were like ridiculous. So, how much was the cheapest ticket? I want to say somewhere in the two hundreds, upper like middle two hundreds. I want to say it was. I want to say so somewhere around there was like. I want to say. Kevin, yeah, I am not a Broadway fan like you. Yeah, fair enough. Well, my, uh, my after seeing it today, I would pay that. Okay, my tickets for Come Far With Me, if I remember correctly, were like bill twenty five each. 
which I'm comfortable playing. Which is, which is okay. Right, but uh, the upper, like, mid-200s, I was like, uh, I want to watch this. But, okay, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait <laughs> until you and your girl watch it on Netflix yeah. then. Cause, or sorry, Disney on Plus. Disney it's Plus, on Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah. I can't wait till you watch it then because I want to see if your opinion changes. Because, Kev, okay. I'm, not, I, I'm telling you, I'm not even a fan of Broadway. And, and you would pay that. I think that this show is that good. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, definitely. Like the last Broadway show that I saw off Broadway, obviously, I saw it in Toronto, was, mm-hmm. um, was uh, Book of Mormon. Okay. Yeah. Right. I saw which that. is the the, the the musical by the uh, South Park guys, yeah, yeah. which is really funny. Um, yeah. But but it but it's I mainly I, by Trey, um, right? Than Matt, I don't think Matt really had much to do with this one. I felt like it was just like watching an episode of South Park oh, yeah. at, at, yeah. acted out by by humans. One hundred. Um, anyway, I wasn't there for the music. I was there for the South Parkness, and I got. I was. I was. I was happy. It was a good show. Yeah. Um, uh, but let me let me run you through your list. Uh, okay. I want to see what, I want to see what you've seen, what you haven't seen. Okay, uh, Phantom. I have not seen Phantom. Uh, ah, yeah. That's the one that I've seen the most. I think yeah. I saw it three three oh, times. Yeah. In the high one school. I saw the most was actually uh, Evil Dead, uh, the musical. I saw that like four times. Jesus. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's different. Right, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's anyway, a musical, okay. and it was it was on Broadway. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Les Mis. Les Mis, I saw in New York. Oh, nice cats. Yeah. Cats I saw in Toronto, yes. Jeez. Um, Rent. Uh, Rent I've never watched, actually. Okay. I've never watched the movie either. Stomp. I've seen Stomp. I saw Stomp uh, in Toronto. Okay. Uh, the Producers. Uh, I've seen the movie. I never watched the show. Or never watched the Broadway show. Okay. Okay. So you're like. Uh, Miss Saigon I saw in you're not, New York. You're not seeing everything. But no, you're no. Seeing, I don't see like, everything. Some, some big I- things. Yeah. Miss Saigon I saw. Um... Uh, uh, Did you go see that that um, Kinky sorry. Boots? I watched. Okay. Um, what was oh that? My God, the one with uh, Wicked. I saw Wicked. Yeah, oh, that was, that's what I was going to ask. Excellent, you. excellent show. Um, the last one I saw, I want to say, was actually Kinky Boots. Did I see okay. anything after that? Like I, I actually went and saw um, um, Hairspray. It was like a smaller production, but they did an excellent job. Um. Yeah. No. I I watch a lot of stuff. Um. So yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we should probably talk about Hamilton. Um. Well, listen, you can talk about um, Hamilton because I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. Um. Don't talk too much about it because I still. Want I'm watch. not going to spoil it because okay. I've only watched the first half. Okay. Right, um. I, I'm pretty sure the ending is like um well known because it's historical. But um, mm-hmm. what I want to say about it is that the music is fucking unbelievable yeah. and. This is so, why yeah, yeah. I this is why I tipped us off with Moana because mm-hmm. Lin Manuel Miranda uh, wrote a lot of the music for Moana. A lot of these songs that right. I love in Moana, like the music is really, really moving in Moana. And I think in a way that you don't get in Frozen or a lot of these movies that people talk about more than Moana. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the Lin Manuel Miranda factor, and I get that now after watching Hamilton. Yeah. Like Hamilton is like on a level like even more like the songs are great like this yeah. guy is a great songwriter okay. and what i heard about it previously was that you know it's all like hip-hop and it's not it's it is it is it's mixed, a, right? a lot of it is very classical musical mm-hmm. a lot of it is just very pop um and like uh but very melodic pop okay. and and there is it, it it does return to like hip-hop refrains um kind of as a narration tool i think more than more than like as a, just a love of hip-hop over all the other um 
art forms in it, but yeah. like musically, it is like very, it, it's diverse, but it's very like modern and it's good. Like okay. a, as a songwriter, I'm listening to these songs and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy is a great songwriter. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I, I apologize for mentioning your Lord's name in vain if he is your Lord. But um, Lynn Manuel Miranda, like the hype is real, dog. I did not know. Like I always wondered, honestly. Like I, I liked Moana and I thought that was great, but I like I was like, you know, I don't love Broadway stuff, so I did not think I was going to love this Hamilton thing. And yeah. I'm only halfway through it, and I'm going to tell you, brother, it is off the hook great yeah. mu- musically and it's a great it's a fun show to watch the way it's filmed is very is it's really really watchable you know i've watched other stuff that was filmed from broadway and it wasn't so good mm. uh, but this is really watchable it's really it's a really great time on disney plus right now i okay. highly recommend highly recommend it you know actually while you were talking about it, you know what else i watched that i totally just remembered uh toxic the toxic avenger the musical <laughs> Oh, how was they, that? They actually did. Uh, it was a brief. It, it was in Toronto, like very briefly. I think it had a, a bit of a longer run in New York, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was it was it was very Toxic Avenger. It was uh, it was literally the the retelling of that that movie um, in a in a musical form, and I I, I dug it. Um, not as much as I dug obviously the Evil Dead musical because, like I told you, I saw it like four times. Right, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, no, I just okay. Then I have to ask you: Are you a Rocky Horror guy? Then uh, I do like the Rocky Horror. Okay, uh, I've because... never seen it like performed on what? stage. Oh my but, god! But uh, I've watched the movie. The movie oh. is great. Well, that's 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 a show that you the can soundtrack see. Soundtrack is amazing. I like lo- local theater groups do that in everybody in everyone's mm-hmm. town. I'm yeah. sure you can. See, I'm sure you can see Rocky Horror. Oh, live. Yeah, I'm sure. But um, because, yeah, no, I've never gone to um, a theater. To my you know, my wife Melinda. Um, is a huge Rocky Horror Picture Show fan. Okay. And she's seen it live many, many times. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I wasn't really a fan of it before. I didn't dislike it, but I was never really turned on to it yeah. by anything before. I'm more of a fan of the, of the actual, like, um, the songs. Like. Right, right. And I was just going to say, I was thinking, when I was watching Hamilton today, I was like, these songs are on a level of Rocky. Like, I feel like Rocky Horror songs are on another level. They're like, mm-hmm. they're like great, great rock songs or great pop songs. Okay. Um, rather than like Broadway songs. I feel like Broadway songs are not as I'm sorry, I don't mean to insult anybody who loves Broadway, but to me personally, I I, I feel like Broadway songs are a little bit lower class of music for some reason. Okay. In general. These like no, like this musical is fucking great musically. Mm. And and it's a little bit annoying to me, um, the storytelling style. Like it's a it's a it's a very a moving historical story. Um but uh, the way it's told, every once in a while, it annoys me. Um, so, like, I, I'm still not a huge fan of Broadway. So, mm-hmm. like, there's, there's a lot of Broadwayness to this that pulls me out of it sometimes. Um, but I do highly recommend Hamilton anyway. Um, okay. Uh, I think it might be the best Broadway show I've seen since, like, something like Rocky Horror. I, I do put it like way, way up there. Like, I'm not even joking about like. Like all the classic shows that I just mentioned, I think they're it's better than all of them. Like I, I think it's this Lin Manuel Miranda guy really has a talent that is mm-hmm. exceptional, and I, I think he stands alone. Uh, anyway, I highly recommend it. Showboat. Uh, that was another one. That it's, I saw. it's not a review because I haven't finished <laughs> watching it yet. So yeah. we'll come back and we'll talk about more maybe about Hamilton later on. Yeah. Um. So, but we should probably yeah, get. I just, I just pulled up a list of like 
uh, musicals, like famous musicals. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, Showboat was another one that I saw years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, there's so many. I, like I said, I, I love musicals. And you know that uh, 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 Steven Spielberg is actually remaking West Side Story. Did you know this? Um, no, I did not know that. Which That's is crazy. another classic. Like, I love the original West Side Story. Right. Um, I'm I'm actually afraid to watch the new one when it comes out because I can't imagine remaking that. Like, yeah. How like you I know, really you gotta, gotta work have, on that? You have that fucking solid brass balls to fucking re redo that. You film. gotta you gotta maybe you gotta maybe change that script up a lot. Mm. I think. Well, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if it's gonna be like, modernized. I, I'm pretty sure it's gonna take I, place in the same I, sort of era. So, yeah, yeah, it's okay. We'll see. We'll see yeah, what happens there. We'll see. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on that, Kev. Yeah, um, we'll but let's move on. To- We've <laughs> done on uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> uh, okay, quickly. Um, there is a rumor that Beyonce is being cast uh, in the MCU, and um, the rumor is that I'm going to take it all the way. I'm not, not even going to tease it out. I'm going to okay. take it all the way. The rumor is yep. that Beyonce is going to play Storm mm-hmm. in the next black panther film mm-hmm. and that and it's not confirmed yet but let me tell you why i absolutely believe this mm. um the mcu in their new phase is gathering the biggest names on earth mm. the the like the, the the top celebrities on earth are all signing up lining up mm-hmm. to be in the mcu right now right we've got angelina jolie one of the like is there anybody bigger is hollywood female uh, leading actors. Is there anybody bigger than Angelina Jolie? She's she's signed up to play some character that I've never even heard of as a Marvel fan my entire life and in my childhood. Um, but there's Angelina Jolie signed up to play the role. You've got everybody coming to the Mar- MCU. Beyonce is... I, I don't know, Kev, you tell me. Is there is there a bigger black female leading lady on Earth right now? Um, or leading ever? lady? Or, or, Ever like celebrity, like like even like Beyonce seems to me like she, Oh yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Beyonce is on above Perry? her level. I think Beyonce is number one. I think Beyonce is Beyonce, more famous, Beyonce more famous than than, Whit, than Whitney was in her heyday. I think Beyonce yeah. is, is the like biggest black female celebrity of all time. I really do. I, I can't think of anybody. I think she's bigger than Janet ever was at her peak. Yeah, I. Yeah. I don't know. Am I, am I wrong? She's, Tell me if I'm she's wrong. She's definitely a household name. That's for sure. Um, like everyone knows who Beyonce is. So you've got Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. Which was a fantastically huge success, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And and more and specifically, it brought up black audiences in the way MCU films never did before. Mm-hmm. So here you go. You've got a lot of pressure to recreate that success or do better in the sequel. Right. Yeah. And you've taken a lot of time, you know, between these films to do it right, because that's the way the MCU does it. So what is the MCU going to do? What is Feige going to do? What's his move mm-hmm. to outdo the first black Panther movie? And I'm telling you, this is the fucking move. Yeah. Move Beyonce in, you have her introduce mutants and the X-Men plot into the MCU in the next Black Panther movie and 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 Storm I mean what a fantastic treat for the character who in my opinion in all of the great X-Men movies we've had so far Storm's character really has not been presented 
in a comic book accurate fashion in the way that she deserves. And she ha- we haven't seen the full glory of we've seen a couple of good, you know, kind of good storm mm. performances in my opinion. No, I don't hate on Holly Berry or the young, the young lady who played her after that. I really loved a lot more than Holly Berry. Yes. I really was I was I was digging her I run. Agree. I'm sorry I'm sorry I don't remember her name. But yeah, the idea that we're going to get Beyonce, we're going to get that queen version of Storm, you know, from the comics who really was the queen of Wakanda, who, like, is the fucking master of lightning, like Thor, like super powerful mutant, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to get that Storm as Beyonce? Come on. It's great. It's fantastic. I can't wait for Black Panther 2 if this is true. And I believe that it's true. I believe in my heart. Um, but of course it's not confirmed yet, so no. it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. But that's just how I feel. Anyway, yeah. that's, what do you think about it? No, I think it's uh, great casting. She definitely has a look. Um, whether or not she can pull off the accent is another story. Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to uh, Storm, um, the accent is key, and that's the one thing that Holly Berry did not have, and that's the one thing that I absolutely hated about. Okay. Okay, but but, story. but Black Panther. Everybody in Black Panther did it okay, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. So she's gonna she's gonna be in that in that company. She's gonna be she's gonna be fine. I think. That. Go ahead. Go ahead. I hope so. <laughs> no, that's really that's really my main point. Um, she definitely has a look, and I can definitely I can picture her as as Storm, like um, in with the hair and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. She's got to have the long hair. I don't want to see the fucking mohawk. Right, the full-on <laughs> powered version of Storm, yeah, yeah. the Storm who was the leader of the X Men, the Storm who was the queen of Wakanda, mm. the Storm who was like a really high-level, powerful mutant. It, you, we haven't gotten her yet. We haven't had her yet. Yeah. And 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 who's better than Beyonce to play that? Like, god damn it, I can't. It's great. It's great. Um, but you know what? That's all the MCU I want to talk about tonight because there's so much DC stuff, Kev, and I want to just skip over everything because we've been talking a long time and we've got a lot of DC stuff to get through. So let's just jump to our Snyder Cut section of the show, which would be probably the rest of the show. Uh, I want to get right into it, brother. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know what? You want to play the Superman theme again to get me hyped for DC? Because, Because I feel like... It's come up, it's time for DC fans. It's our time. Our time has come. Release the Snyder Cut. Well, that's not happening until next year, though. No, but but Kevin, uh, we are in the... We're in the build-up to it, right? We're in the hype phase of that, and it's... It's feeling good. <laughs> it's feeling good. Mm-hmm. Give me that Henry Cavill good, good, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> DCEU. <laughs> Michael Keaton. Okay. That's Stop. that's that's what Record I scratch. Record scratch me, brother. Record scratch me, brother. <laughs> Give me a record scratch. <laughs> you put me on the spot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I needed that. Because do you know what just fucking happened? Mm. Like like a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago now? Yeah. The news broke yeah. that Michael Keaton is in negotiations yeah. to come back to the DCEU to play his 
Batman. Yeah. And this is nobody saw this coming. No, nobody, nobody saw this coming. I mean, there was reason to to like hope, maybe, right? Like, like um, Michael Keaton has always uh, been pro Batman. Michael Keaton has always said, "I am Batman in public as much as possible." Um, he, he's always like let us know that he'd be willing to come back. But maybe we thought it was never going to be a thing, but. People speculated that he was invited back for the DC TV like Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover shit that they had. Right. They actually got his photo. They used his photo in that. Okay. So they, they had to get him to agree to be in that. So maybe we should have seen this coming, but man, we couldn't have seen this coming. Michael Keaton is in talks to appear in multiple DC films, starting with probably the Flash, the Flash, Flash movie. Yeah. which we know is going to be based on the Flashpoint movies, in which the Flash changes the timeline to go and stop his mother from being murdered when he was a child. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the whole world that he lives in gets changed, right? Like, univ- the, the whole universe gets changed. People's lives become different. So DC can use this movie as an event to eliminate any storylines they don't like mm-hmm. and introduce any storylines they do like and reunify the DC universe, which is right now very divided, right? There's all these different movies that don't connect to each other right now. The Flashpoint movie can unify and connect all of the the popular ones, the good ones, yeah. and, and make them one unified film universe and erase anything that they don't want anymore. Yeah. And so this was always expected by DC fans who are in the know, who knew this was coming. But we always thought that Ben Affleck was going to be our guy, our our thread through whatever was going to be the DCEU. Kind of the Nick Fury role, if you compare it to the MCU. Yeah. Kind of the person who kind of assembles the whole Justice League team and brings the whole universe together. You know, appears in everybody else's movies and brings the whole thing together. Now we're learning that Michael Keaton is probably going to play that role in the DCEU. And it is such a huge, fantastic thing for me, especially as a DC fan. But as a fan of Michael Keaton's Batman, like I saw this movie in its original release. I don't remember what year it was. 1989? I remember like going to see it in the theater. And I remember this was the first movie that I reviewed online. Uh, the first Batman, there was no internet yet. There, maybe there was, but yeah, I, 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 I wasn't on it. Yeah. I was on lo- local bulletin boards. Like mm-hmm. I got on my modem and I dialed a phone number and my phone called like another guy's computer somewhere in my town. It was like a local thing. Mm-hmm. And there was like a bunch of other users in my town or around here who all like logged onto this bulletin board and we changed messages, exchanged messages like the internet kind of. Mm-hmm. And I remember reviewing this film, and if it was 1989, then I was 16 years old. And it was the first time I had ever done this. But I remember I I said, uh, Michael Keaton did not play Batman. Michael Keaton became Batman. And I said, Jack Nicholson did not play the Joker. Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Um, I was so stoked uh, on, on Tim Burton's version of Batman. I didn't like Batman Returns, uh, the second one that he did. 
Um, I actually still think it's really bad. Um, yeah. But that first one was so great. Um, and Michael Keaton was so spot on as Bruce Wayne. Uh, he just had this really understated approach to the character, which you didn't expect because Michael Keaton was a comedian. Um, but he, but he delivers like, uh, like funny lines as Bruce Wayne in this understated way that is just so perfect for the character. And he's got a, a gravitas to it, even though it's goofy, right? Like the Tim Burton Batman was goofy. He's got a gravitas to him, um, which is kind of it's I, to me, it's the perfect Batman balance. Like the Christopher Nolan Batman attempted to be too serious it didn't feel right to me. I wasn't a big fan of it because um, it's still goofy. Like Christopher Nolan's whole goal was to make a real world, realistic Batman and it's still Batman. So it's still goofy. No matter what you do, it doesn't work as super realistic. You have to keep a little goofiness and you have to find a right balance there somehow. Mm-hmm. To me, Tim Burton was spot on in this movie and Michael Keaton, man, so excited for him to come. And what this means for the future of the DCEU regarding the Snyder Cut, I mean, who knows? But, uh, you know, my opinion really is that uh, if the Snyder Cut does well, if people really appreciate uh, Zack Snyder's version of Justice League more than Joss Whedon's version, Mm -hmm. then when this Flashpoint movie comes, we're going to see stuff from Zack Snyder's Justice League restored to canon and stuff from Joss Whedon's Justice League dropped by the Flashpoint movie. I really believe that. But we'll see, I guess. I mean, More it's all likely, speculation. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, but anyway, yeah. No, I mean, what's great about this is everybody criticizes DC for not having it together the way Marvel does. Mm-hmm. I, like Anybody who knows me knows that I think that is the worst, most ridiculous criticism you can make. Because there is no movie studio on Earth. There's nobody on Earth who has done what Marvel has done with the MCU. Kevin Feige is the most successful movie producer of all time. And comparing anyone else to him is ridiculous because no one else, no one else has ever, ever, ever done what he's done. So the fact that DC is kind of looking like it's on a big time comeback. I mean, when I say comeback, I even put an asterisk beside that because they've had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Aquaman was hugely successful. Wonder Woman was hugely successful. Um, Shazam, not hugely successful, but successful enough because it had a small budget. It was a smart movie and a good movie. Mm-hmm. Worth your time. Then they had Joker. I mean, come on. Um, a lot of other great stuff going on at DC, but still there was always that criticism that they didn't have it together the way the MCU did. They didn't have a unified film universe. They didn't have a consistent uh, universal experience with their films. And look what they're doing. They're saying, forget that. We have this glorious past that we can draw from. And we can bring it all together and put it together right now in the modern era. And, like, the, the, the like, I mean, if Christopher Reeve was alive, I guess that would be, like, the ultimate. Yeah. But... Michael Keaton, very, very close second. Mm-hmm. Very, very close second. And, like, yes, make him the spokesperson. Make him the Tony Stark or the, uh, uh, the sorry. The, the um, Nick Fury. Is what the Nick Fury, thank you. Of DC, he's perfect for yeah. it, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he was the pinnacle of their creative 
uh, prowess. Like he was the like the greatest shining moment in in DC's creative history. So yeah, use this Flashpoint movie. Fucking bring back Michael Keaton and man, I am so excited about this. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I went on. You did. You have any thoughts that I didn't already beat to death? Uh, no. Um, I think this is uh, if 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 they do go this route with the uh, whole Michael Keaton casting, because again, this is not one hundred percent confirmed. Yeah. Um, no, I think it'd be great if they uh, if they go that route and uh, and kind of erase um, Batfleck, <laughs> if you will. Um, don't get me wrong; I actually liked. Uh, uh, okay, me too. Yeah, him as as uh, Batman. I thought he did a great job. Um, yeah. But he obviously doesn't want to do it anymore. Uh, the Robert Patterson Batman has nothing to do with this. This this storyline, so yeah, no, use um use the was it Flashpoint, um right. to to bring in Michael Keaton. I think that's a, that's an amazing thing. He'll play like an older an older Bruce Wayne. Maybe down the road he'll be training. They'll go like the Dark Knight route where he's training someone new. Or um, um was it Dark Batman Knight? Beyond? Sorry, Dark Batman Beyond. Sorry, Batman that's what, that's Beyond. What it was. People he have been a new saying, Batman. Yeah, you never know. Right? Since we saw um, Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. we have seen a growing fan movement to see Batman Beyond. Yeah. You know, if we can see alternate versions of Spider-Man, then there it will obviously be an audience for a well-done alternate version of Batman. Yeah. And how cool would it be to see a classic version of Batman that we all love? Like, like I always pictured them bringing back George Clooney for Batman Beyond. Really? Like, I feel like it's going to happen. And I feel like George Clooney was the, but Michael Keaton is better. I never even, yeah. I, I never even dreamed of Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. But Michael Keaton is the perfect choice if you're going to ever make a Batman Beyond. And I, I don't think they've decided to do that, honestly. But I think that the door is wide open. It's if, open, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, if, 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 the, if the Michael Keaton Batman era return is super successful, I think you could absolutely see a Batman Beyond come next. Mm-hmm. And, and it could be like just cool and creative and innovative in the way that Into the Spider-Verse has been. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, win, win, win. Yeah. I, anyway, um, can I move on to the next piece of news? Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. So, um, very uh, now uh, Snyder Cut related is this whole scandalous story. Ray Fisher, the actor who played Cyborg, mm-hmm. uh, recently tweeted uh, a clip of himself uh, speaking at Comic-Con years ago when Justice League first came out, praising Joss Whedon as a director, okay? And he was answering a question, how is Joss Whedon to work with? And he and he said some answer that was like all platitudes, like, oh yeah, I think Joss Whedon was the best choice to replace Zack Snyder in this movie, and he was so great, such a joy to work with. And when you watch this clip now, man, I swear it is so telling. Um uh, sorry, Aquaman. Uh, now I'm just blanking on it. Every time I try to think of a name, now my brain just makes me forget it intentionally because of, because we we're recording this. Yeah. Aquaman. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is sitting next to Ray Fisher as he's saying this about Joss Whedon, and he like can't keep a straight face. He looks at the floor and he grimaces because like it's obvious now they fucking hate Joss Whedon. So Ray Fisher posted this clip with a tweet that says, I now want to take all of this back. And I'm just, I'm just paraphrasing now. I don't have the tweet in front of me, but he went on to say, sorry, I'm going to cough. 
<laughs> Joss Whedon was abusive, unprofessional, and like completely unacceptable the way he treated the cast when he directed them to to complete uh, Justice League. And then after that, um, the story uh, the story came to started to come out that Justice League was kind of whitewashed, meaning when Joss Whedon took over and kind of rewrote the movie and kind of redid like supposedly most of the movie, if you believe Zack Snyder, um, he wiped out most of the characters of color oh, yeah. in the film. And, and, and I don't know if this was Ray Fisher's original problem. Like, like he really didn't expound too much. Like, but there are people from behind the scenes who are saying that Ray Fisher really had a problem with Joss Whedon making him say the line "booyah." Now we talked about this a little bit. Cyborg's famous line is "booyah," right? It's a classic cyborg line. But Ray Fisher has said he didn't want to say that line in this movie. He thought it was degrading. He thought it was like a negative stereotype for black people, um, and he didn't want to do the line. And Joss Whedon made him. Um, and he's never been happy about that. So people were speculating that that was the reason that he was so upset and now attacking Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. But but then I saw this this uh, story that came out back in December, like before this Ray Fisher stuff, about how Joss Whedon whitewashed his version of Justice League. And as soon as I saw the headline, I thought, well, that's clickbait. That's not going to be real. Mm-hmm. But I went I went and looked at it, dude, and... Like, I can't believe how many characters of color Joss Whedon erased from this movie. Like, and I'm, I'll list some of them. Mm-hmm. Cyborg's uh, family, his mother, his father, and I believe there was like a brother and sister too, mm-hmm. were, were in his... Supposedly mm-hmm. the, whole, mm-hmm. the whole movie focused around Cyborg. Cyborg was supposed to be the main character of this movie. The, like, the focus of the whole thing. Um... His whole origin story was cut out. This is another reason, I guess, why Ray Fisher was mad because he thought this movie was going to be his like star-making moment, and really, he's not a big name even you know after it. But um, so there was this whole backstory, and we've seen the footage, we've seen the deleted scenes of they were in the trailers even of Cyborg before he became Cyborg uh, playing football in a stadium, right? Apparently, there were hundreds of extras in that football stadium, and most of them were black, hmm. because Cyborg, the character, went to a black school, right? right? So, like, hundreds of black extra- extras got cut out of Justice League. But that's not where it ends. Uh, there was supposed to be the Martian Manhunter, was hmm. supposed to be revealed, and I forget the actor's name, I'm sorry, I always do this, but is the black actor who was in... Man of Steel and in Batman versus Superman, the guy who played the military general, like the head of the U.S. military. Okay, I forget his name. But in Zack Snyder's Justice League, there was supposed to be a huge reveal at the end that he was John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, mm. and he was supposed to be like he's a classic Justice League character. Joss Whedon wrote that out. Yeah. And that that actor ended up not being in the movie at all. On top of that, uh, there was an Asian character uh, who was only who was actually in it, but he he was supposed to have a full on storyline, 
uh, where he becomes the Atom, another like popular DC character, and another character played by a minority who would have would have went on to have his own solo films. Mm. Um, so there is so much minority representation that Joss Whedon just hacked out of this movie. I really feel like this is a real story, and like I don't like I don't usually go for this kind of line, but um, it seems like we got a totally whitewashed version of Justice League, and when we do get the Snyder cut, I feel like we're going to get like a uh, a movie where minorities are represented like really strongly, right. and it makes sense to me because this movie was made after Black Panther, right? And Black Panther did so well. We were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Black Panther, like before this, there was a debate about do black audiences care about superhero films? Like, can you make a superhero film that will draw black audiences? And Black Panther was like the proof, right? That yes, if you just make a movie that actually represents black audiences, they will come and they will love it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think Zack Snyder was trying to do that and Joss Whedon actually derailed it. And I think that um, that's going to be a, a huge factor. When the Snyder Cut is released, uh, I think that's going to be a huge reason. I think th- it's going to be way more popular. I think we're going to hear... I think it's going to be a huge deal. I do. Yeah. Anyway, I just spiraled into like nonsense. But um, do you have any thoughts? Uh, no, because I didn't really hear much about this story until you kind of told me about it. I never really looked into it. Um, but yeah, no, um, it is what it is. Like, (laughs) who knows? Who knows what Zack Snyder holds? Um, maybe we'll see more of his backstory in his gut. Who knows? Um, I, the one thing I'm not sure about this whole Zack Snyder cut is it's already shot footage, right? It's they're not going back and shooting footage. Yes, right? they are. Yes, oh, they, they are. are. Okay, so okay, okay. It is. It is okay. It is unclear. I'm sorry. Yeah, they have. They have said. They the, all the actors have agreed to come back and do additional work. Okay. Mm. Now, some people have speculated it's only going to be voice work, so that they can you know fill in parts of the script to try to make the new changes make sense. Okay. By with just dialogue without having to have them on camera. Okay, but some have also said that I mean it could be anything. Like they haven't decided yet. Like anything Zack Snyder wants to do, they will ask the actors if they will do it, and if they will do it, they will do it. Um, so we could have new scenes actually shot, and um, they are going to complete digital work that wasn't completed on original scenes that were shot but not completed right okay. so we're going to get a ton of dark side scenes that we never got in the original film right and i want to talk about that a little bit because i've just recently watched this um justice league apocalypse war uh this new animated film that they just released okay. and supposedly it's it, there's a lot of stuff in here that was supposed to happen in the sequel to Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it totally connects to the what we've heard about the Snyder Cut so far. Darkseid is depicted as such a cruel and sadistic, evil motherfucker in this animated series. We see the Justice League slaughtered and mutilated, like cruelly and and 
and graphically in this animated series. Um, like just, just to give you an example of Darkseid's cruelty, he uh, he burns, he tattoos a kryptonite S into Superman's chest, mm. and they show it. They show Superman doing, or Darkseid doing it to Superman, mm-hmm. and it's it's torturous in the way that, like, you remember Han Solo being tortured in the Empire Strikes Back in Cloud City by Darth Vader. Yep. It's like shocking and horrifying to that level, right? Mm. And and Darkseid is enjoying it, right? And Superman spends the rest of this thing like like handicapped because he's got a kryptonite S burned into his chest. He has no powers. He's totally weak. Um, and suffering. He's in pain constantly from it. Um, and another horrible thing that Darkseid does, and I believe that this was the story arc for Cyborg. I do. Especially since this this whole, like, we know for a fact, Zack Snyder has said it. Cyborg was supposed to be the main character in Justice League. He was The whole story was supposed to, like, focus around him. Because his power comes from the mother box, right? He is connected to the threat more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So in Justice League Apocalypse War, when Darkseid invades and takes everything over and wipes everybody out, he takes Cyborg as his... Because he has complete control over the Mother Box, he has complete control over Cyborg. So Cyborg becomes part of the main computer on Darkseid's home world, and he's just a prisoner. He's just trapped, and he can't be freed. Uh, He's been incorporated biologically so fully into... Darkseid's computer that he can't be freed from it without killing him. Right. So he has this tragic ending where he can help the Justice League because he's still con- he's connected to all of Darkseid's computers and he can control stuff and help the Justice League out, but he can't get out of it alive no matter what. So it tragically ends with with Cyborg having to sacrifice himself and it's a cool thing that happens in this um Justice League Apocalypse War, and I think that this was probably Zack Snyder's plan for uh, Cyborg's story arc in his original plan, because he because he had a sequel planned. He had a Justice League 2 planned already, where Darkseid came and invaded Earth. Mm. Um, so maybe we can still see that. It's, it's a possibility. If the Snyder Cut does well, if it brings in money, uh, then we could very well see, with this Flashpoint movie... Things like this reincorporated, recanonized into the DCEU, and we could see this future that Zack Snyder had planned, where Darkseid invades planet Earth, and it is so much darker than Avengers Endgame. It is so much darker than anything Thanos did. It is, it is really, really dark and evil stuff. Um, and if you put it in the hands of a good writer. Uh, which DC hasn't had a great track record with, I'm going to say. Like, Batman vs. Superman had the worst script of all time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Just, Justice, League, <laughs> Justice League ended up being bad because it was two different directors, two different teams basically yeah. making that movie. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they start to get it right more. And they, and they have, right? They have ever since, right? Like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, mm-hmm. Joker, uh, <clears throat> uh, Shazam, uh mm-hmm. They've had success after success ever since. So there's reason to hope, right? There's reason to hope that going going forward, uh, they will continue to to do well. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> I think I, I I ran out of I ran out of steam there. Uh, <laughs> where were we? Um, 
in my list of things to talk about. So Ray Fisher attacking Joss Whedon was very telling to me. Like, like he's obviously been very upset this entire time about what Joss Whedon did to the original version of the film. And um, it's going to be fascinating to see what Zack Snyder's original vision was. And, and is Ray Fisher about to become a huge star? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, does he, he feels strong enough to attack Joss Whedon. Like Joss Whedon is a big power player in Hollywood. He's largely uh, credited for the success of the first Avengers movie. And, and probably rightly so. Um, but I kind of agree that he destroyed justice league and I'm kind of, on Ray Fisher's side in all of this. And when I find out, when I found out about the whitewashing stuff, like that was like, kind of like, whoa, like maybe there's a lot more story here than I thought. And maybe this Snyder cut is going to be a bigger deal than I thought. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about it anyway. Yeah. Uh, the timer has gone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I know you also wanted to talk about, uh, a suicide squad. Yeah. Suicide, suicide squad, squad. Um, director, you know, David Ayer's talking a lot about um, how he got treated the same way Zack Snyder did, right? Uh, When when Suicide Squad was made, David Ayer says his original cut of the movie was a much darker, much solemn uh, affair. It was not a comedy. Um, And, um, you know, in the time uh, between when he finished it and when it came out, uh, there was the big, huge backlash about Batman versus Superman. Mm -hmm. And so Deadpool came out and became one of the most popular comic book movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like somebody at DC decided that they had to make Suicide Squad more like Deadpool. And David Ayer has been very vocal about this lately. Like, like this was not the movie that he was intending to make and that his cut of Suicide Squad is as different and as more important as Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League is. Mm. And um, I think this is a very compelling story. And I think there's been no action yet. Like some people were speculating, maybe DC is going to move on this and maybe DC is going to do this before Justice League. Yeah. Um, but there hasn't been any movement on it yet. So just, so David Ayer is making more noise, I think probably because he wants movement. But I have a feeling we're going to, it's going to be wait and see. We'll see how Snyder Cut does. If Snyder Cut does well, I think there's a very good chance we'll get the air cut of Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's possible. And I'm, I'm curious what his original vision was, because he says his original trailer, remember there was the first trailer that came out for David Ayer's Suicide Squad that came out like at a Comic-Con? Yeah, okay. And, and it, it ended with the Joker, like, uh, with that great line, like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you real yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. And I remember at that time thinking okay, I'm not sure if this movie's going to be good or bad. And I thought, maybe Jared Leto's going to be a good Joker, right? And Jared Leto swears that he filmed so much more that they never put in the movie, that it all got cut out kind of exactly the same way Ray Fisher is saying that, you know, you know he was the main focus of Justice League. It, it, it all got cut out. So I think maybe there's a completely different Suicide Squad, just like there's a completely different Justice League, and I think it might be good. I think maybe David Ayer might be right. Um, and I think we might see it. But anyway. Yeah. What do you think? Um, 
yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know where, um, what direction he was really trying to achieve with that film. Dark, that, uh, funny. Yeah, so. I guess darker or whatever, but I don't know. Um, the film was pretty dark to begin with, <laughs> so I don't know how much darker you can get. Um, there was comedy in the movie. I don't remember it being like a straight-out comedy by any means. So, I don't know. Um, I... I could care less if they if he releases his cut, <laughs> but I, I'll be honest, I'll watch it if it happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Suicide Squad was not one of those movies that like after watching I was thinking, man, I wonder what the director really wanted to achieve with this film. Hopefully he releases a director's cut in two years, you know what I mean? Like Well, it was just to me it was just like it was just a bad and it just it didn't seem like it was the movie that I thought expected from the trailers. Yeah. And now, David Ayer is saying, yeah, it wasn't the same movie that you should have expected yeah. from the trailers. No, but I do changed. agree that line was fucking great, um, the um, the Joker. And, yeah, no, it wasn't in the final film at all, was it? Right. And supposedly the original film was mostly the romance story of the Joker and Harley Quinn. Right. And that was reduced to a minor subplot. Yeah, I really, I, I'll be honest. Like, I actually didn't mind uh, Leto's portrayal of the Joker. And, yeah, me either. It was yeah. different. It was different, exactly. Um, he wasn't trying to like imitate um, what's his face. Um, oh my Heath god, Ledger. Well, Heath Ledger. Thank you. Uh, he wasn't trying to imitate Heath Ledger by any means, which was like the huge, um, especially since he was the first uh, guy to portray the Joker in film format um, after after uh, Heath Ledger. So obviously, there was a huge. Um, comparison right there right but uh no i thought he did a good job doing uh, doing his own kind of like gangster joke or whatever and uh i wanted to see more of him on the screen and i was uh, that was the one part of the movie that i after leaving the theater i was like where was the where was the joker in this film he was hardly there he was just like in and out you know what i mean but totally agree yeah um but yeah no that's pretty much uh, if he throws in more joker i'd probably be more happy but other than that I can honestly say I really care less to see a Suicide Squad director's cut. So, okay. Yeah. Well, there are rumors that even Ben Affleck could be back mm-hmm. uh, to play more Batman. There are rumors that maybe um, HBO Max will give him his own TV series no. that he has that he's creative control over, okay. that he doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about the DCEU, that it's just a Batman show, and it's just that it's just his deal. He can write it, he can direct it, he can star in it. Um, I personally don't think this is going to happen. It would be amazing if it did. Um, ben Affleck's a great writer and a great director. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been interested to see his version of Batman if he got to make it. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I think my microphone kind of fell away there. Is that better? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll try to stay close <laughs> to it. Let me know if I, if I get quiet again. Yeah. Um, but um, I think... There's a chance that anything could happen, right? Like, um, Robert Pattinson's Joker could end up being brought into the main timeline of the DCEU by Flashpoint. Yeah. But it also could be Michael Keaton, or it even could be Ben Affleck, or it could be all three if they do it like an Into the Spider-Verse kind of thing. Yeah. Right? You could see them all three, like, in the same room at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, who, who knows, right? And if they, if they decide to do a Batman Beyond thing, it could be... Michael Keaton and Robert Pattinson, right? And then, and then we could have 
an alternate reality Ben Affleck Batman on HBO Max because we have established that there's a multiverse in the Flashpoint movie. Right. So, like, anything is possible, really. It just depends on what audience reacted to and and where Warner Brothers can make some money. So, um, really, the, you know, anything is possible right now. Ben Affleck could be back. Michael Keaton could be could be back. Uh, Robert Pattinson could uh, join the rest of the main cast. We don't even know yet. We shall see. Um, time time will tell. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. As a DC fan, man, I'm so excited. Because, man, when Justice League came out, when Batman vs. Superman came out, like I had been waiting for those movies for so long. And I had sat through Marvel movie after Marvel movie after Marvel movie. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed them fine. But they weren't the movies that I was dying to see, right? They weren't my fandoms, right? right. Like, I was waiting for the Batman. I was waiting for the Superman. I was waiting for the Justice League. And... You know what we got was not perfect, definitely not right. Like like I said, Batman vs Superman had a terrible script. Justice League ended up being a mess because it was you know two creators. Yeah. But there was good things about them too, right? And I feel like remember when we started this podcast and what we talked about a lot was <clears throat> how it was impossible to have a decent conversation about the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the reaction to it was so strong. It was like, all you could do was defend it or just throw up your arms. You, but, like, as a, as somebody who, like, liked The Last Jedi, I was frustrated that I could never talk about what I didn't like about it. Mm-hmm. Because because I always had to defend it because everybody was just attacking it crazily all the time. Right. Uh, like, for Batman versus Superman, I felt like, man, this is a movie that I've been waiting, like, 30, 40 years to see. And... I can't talk about it because everybody is so shitty on it that if you just mention it, you, you just start getting attacked. So, like, yeah, I agree it wasn't great. I agree it wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. It had a shitty script. But there was beautiful imagery in that movie. And Ben Affleck's Batman, to me, was the first perfect Batman visually on screen. The way he moved, the way he fought the way he just was shot mm-hmm. uh, was to me, it killed Christopher Nolan. It, it fucking embarrassed Christopher Nolan's Batman. In my opinion, it was the first, the, it was the way I felt about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Mm. Like way back then when I felt like, Oh my God, I'm finally seeing a Spider-Man on the screen that looks like Spider-Man should look from the comics. That was how I felt about Batman. Uh, when Zack Snyder m- made him, Right. When I saw when I saw him fighting, anyway, I wasn't a fan of Ben Affleck's version of Bruce Wayne, right? Especially, fair, yeah. especially with his shirt off, because how is he supposed to be playing the old Batman who's been fighting crime for twenty five years and he's all like worn out from it? And when he takes his shirt off, he doesn't have one fucking scar. Mm. Like that was the biggest most insulting, stupid mistake. And that's Zack Snyder. That's that's nobody's fault but Zack Snyder. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. It was still a great visual Batman, and it was the first time it was ever done, in my opinion. Um, even though I love the Michael Keaton Batman, I felt like they never did him properly in action, mm-hmm. because they, they needed some technology the way, a la Spider-Man. And it finally, for me, was perfect in Zack Snyder's version. Right. Fair and enough. He, um, so we could see a lot more of that, and I hope that we do. And I, I well, 
by the way, like for the Matt Reeves Batman, for the Robert Pattinson Batman, my expectations are sky high. Like I, I expect to be blown away, and in ways that I don't expect yet. So yeah. I don't even want to talk about that too much because I feel like we don't know what's coming with that movie, and it's going to be great. We'll see. Um, but again, the Flashpoint movie will decide. Like, what is DCEU? What is the prime timeline, and what is not? Yeah. And and um, man, Michael Keaton, great choice. Can't yep. wait. Yep. Anyway, yep. we are running very long, my friend. Yep. So um, let me just say, uh, you know, I'm happy to be talking about DC. You know, I, I touched on this a little bit. I won't go on too long about it. But mm-hmm. um, it, it has always frustrated me as a DC fan because DC is right up there with Star Wars to me as my prime fandom. And right now, I'm sorry, my friends, but Star Wars is dead to me right now. Like, mm-hmm. there's, not, there's nothing going on in Star Wars that I care about until you give me an announcement about what is going to be your next film. Uh, I, I, like, I, you know, okay, I care about Mandalorian, fine. And, I, and I, I follow the news about the other Disney Plus shows. I think those are going to be great, and we're going to cover those, absolutely. Mandalorian Season 2 is going to be exciting, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But... Other than that, I feel like Star Wars is completely dead. Uh, when these books come out, we'll see if anything good is coming out of them. But I have no idea, and I, you know, really don't have much speculation. I feel like I feel sorry for my friends who have Star Wars podcasts right now, Star Wars <laughs> websites right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel sorry for any idiot who's starting a brand new Star Wars podcast or brand new Star Wars website in this mm-hmm. era right now because you have nothing. You have nothing of interest to talk about right now. Star Wars is dead right now. Really. It's, it's waiting about, for something. You can talk it about will the come toys. Back. Those are constantly coming out. Sure. And <laughs> Star Wars will come back. I'm yeah. sure. I'm not saying it's dead forever. But right now, it's in... Like, even my guys at Star Wars Underworld who are trying really hard, like, they are doing... They are still covering Star Wars stuff. They're really talking more about, like, Black Lives Matter stuff today than anything yeah. else. Um, and um, good for them uh, for being brave. Yeah, uh, but, um... Uh, yeah, like, um, DC, I love it, and I love that, I love that it's getting this new heat, and if we're gonna find out that, you know, the mistakes that were made back in this era when Justice League came out, like, with Joss Whedon and other things that went on, like, uh, at the executive level, at the corporate level, Mm -hmm. were responsible for, like, the, the really fucked up bad movies, and that we can actually fix it all now, uh, because there are better people in charge, man, it's an exciting time to be alive if you're a DC fan. Because it feels like payback. It feels like comeuppance. It feels like, oh, God, it's like a, a drink of water. We've been dying of thirst for so long. Well, we'll see how it pans out, right? Yes. So, anyway, my friend, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, is there anything else we need to talk about before we wrap up episode 53 of Tool? Uh, nothing, really. Uh, as I told you uh, earlier... Uh, finally finished Lost. I binged the shit out of Lost, and uh, I'm like fifth season into. I just feel about the ending Breaking of Lost Bad. really quick. Really quick um, ending of Lost. Okay, so my theory is they're a little too open ended and not very explanatory with the ending, yes. and I feel yes. that's why a lot of people hated it. Um, they didn't really explain a lot in the last season. Um, that being said, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I wish they kind of closed the doors a little bit better. 
Um, I didn't hate the last episode, but there was parts that they left a lot of unanswered (laughs) questions. And yeah, my theory was wrong. I had a theory throughout the entire show while watching it that it was either going to be one, it was going to be on Hurley's head or two. It was going to be, uh, the Island was purgatory. Um, that was two is close. Yeah, it was close, but yeah, it was, it was, it was debunked. Um, with that last episode. So, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the show. Um, I would recommend anyone to watch it cause I really yeah. did. I really did like it. Uh, and right now I'm, I'm, I'm loving Breaking Bad. So you're watching Breaking Bad. Finally, I've been yeah, telling you to watch I Breaking know. Bad you and forever. every fucking person. And, and you're mother. finally watching it and you're in, you're in, you're starting season five. Yeah. I'm already starting season five. I'm so you just watched, in. you just, you just saw the glorious death of Gustavo. Oh Frank. my God. The, the greatest great, okay, thing ever. Do you agree with me? Do you agree with me now? Yeah. That Gustavo Fring is the greatest television villain he's, no, he of was good. all oh, time. Oh, he was good. Yeah, no, he was good. All and time. it's funny because while I was watching, while I was watching the show, I'm like, we're like, I, I, I know this guy from The Mandalorian, but I knew him from somewhere else, and I looked it up, and he was in School Days, dude. He was, he was the main antagonist in School Days. <laughs> Spike Lee man. put this man on the map. My man was in Do the Right Thing, right? But, so, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, he's Bad. great character. But great character. Whatever, whenever it was a Gustavo Frank episode just, of Breaking Bad, it was, it was like it, it was on a next level. It was yeah, like an, he was it was just too smart. It was like though. watching like, The Godfather. Yeah, it was he's so just so great. smart. He's such a smart character, and that his death was like oh, the greatest man. thing. I, 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 as I told you, I, I actually rewound it and watched it again because I was like, yeah, I, I was like, too. oh my god, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> so yeah, hey, no, you I know. It. Breaking Bad, it stays good until the end, but it never gets as good as the that episode, man. Like yeah. that episode, oh, oh that that is peak, peak yeah, Breaking Bad. That was Bad. brilliant. So. Uh, so congratulations on finally getting caught up with that. Yeah, man. Um, thank you, thank you. And I recommend everybody <laughs> if you have not seen Breaking Bad. Oh my God, catch up. Yeah, I'm gonna watch Better Call Saul next. I don't. I can't watch that. I no. find it. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I know but, it's a different a bit of a different. Yeah, but I mean. But, yeah. I mean I, by that I mean it's not good, but uh, yeah. but just my opinion. You let me know if you like it better. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do. So. Um, I I think that's all we yeah. have for tonight. Um, so you know, thank you if you've listened this long to episode fifty three of yeah. Two Old for This Podcast. Thank you, thank you so much. You know, we didn't talk about. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Somebody commented on our page um, that we never talked about uh, the Legion of Doom. Uh, when we're talking about Justice League yeah, okay. um, and what the Snyder Cut uh, means for the Legion of Doom, there was uh, a Legion of Doom uh, teaser scene in the original ending of Justice League. And it was still there in the Joss Whedon version, I think. Wasn't it the deleted scene? Or wasn't it the post-credit scene? I don't remember, Am I wrong, dude. Am I wrong about that? I don't remember. The scene, the scene where... Uh, what's the character? Not, not Deadshot. Uh... The other character was just like Deadshot. Deadpool? <laughs> oh, it's uh, he comes on to Lex Luthor's boat. Lex Luthor's on his boat at the end of the movie. Yeah, isn't and, that Deathstroke? Deathstroke. Thank you. That's his name. Yeah. Um. So, and he comes on and uh, Luthor has that line, you know, it's, it's time we start a league of our own or whatever. Right. Um, and that was a teaser for the Legion of Doom actually right. being created in the next Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. And... 
yes, that was actually originally, it was Ben Affleck's plan, I think, not uh, Zack Snyder's plan. But uh, we definitely could see that coming back if we see this uh, timeline restored. Mm. So, um, uh, you know, if we see Legion of Doom, like, we could see anything, right? We could see Gorilla Grodd. Mm. We could see... Well, we know that Wonder Woman 1984 is introducing the Cheetah character. She's a Legion of Doomer herself. Yeah, okay. Um, but basically, Legion of Doom will just end up being... Uh, an, a collaboration of all the most popular DC villains uh, mm-hmm. at the time, right? So you'll probably see Harley Quinn in it. Uh, you'll probably see uh, Lex Luthor if they stick with the same Lex Luthor. We'll see. Uh, but um, I think we'll definitely see some Legion of Doom coming up in the future of Justice League. Anyway, right. let's wrap up all right. episode three of Tool for this podcast. Thank you so much, brother, for spending an extra long time for me t- with me tonight through all of our technical difficulties. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. Um, that's the end. That's right, Janet. That's the end of for tonight. So everybody, please um, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward yep. slash too old for this podcast, spelled with a two and a four, because we are '90s rappers, and that's the way '90s rappers spelled. Also on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash too old for this pod, mm-hmm. also spelled with a two and a four. Uh, please share our show. Uh, with any friends you think might be interested in in checking it out and thank you for listening and uh anything left to say tonight kev uh no that's pretty much it i'm uh i'm good all right then kev you know what it's time to do then it's time to just chill till the next episode